Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, June 2nd, and we start with local news. Murray County Budget Committee members had their work cut out for them during their May round of meetings with a 6% raise for county employees and a 7% bump for Murray County Public Schools staff on the line, while a room filled with Murray County teachers, administrators, and officials looked on in anticipation at the Budget Committee meeting. Committee members barely bumped county wages by a vote of four to three, with Commissioners Tommy Wolliver, Pam Huffman, and Chairwoman Kathy Grodi dissenting. Even with this raise, the pay study conducted by the county last fiscal year puts Murray County Public Schools in the bottom 25% among 14 other districts. School Superintendent Lisa Ventura shared her concern that Murray County Public Schools teachers cannot afford to live in their own county, but expressed excitement about the 7% raise that would start take starting annual teacher pay from just $42,000 a year to $45,000. We're not fully to market value yet, but definitely closer to target, Ventura said, sharing Governor Bill Lee's goal to have starting teacher pay at $50,000 before the end of his term. The pay raise for school and county employees would go into effect on June 3rd. Alongside the increase, the committee approved the Murray County Public Schools' $144.3 million operational budget, 5-to-1-to-1, with Commissioner Tommy Wolliver dissenting and Gwyn Evans abstaining because he is a teacher with Murray County Public Schools. The full Murray County Commission will hear the school district's operational budget proposal. The school district is moving toward a $21 million jump from last year's budget request, a percentage increase of about 16.64%, according to the school district's tally, of $144,365,768 for the 2023-2024 fiscal year. Last year's project, projected budget, north of $123 million, left the district with a $7 million surplus due to capital projects put on hold due to certain delays in construction materials and labor. Commissioners Gabe Howard, Ray Jeter, and Danny Grooms, who supported the raise for county employees, stressed the need to keep Murray County's salaries competitive. In order to keep good people, we've got to stay competitive with other counties, Groom said. Our people are our greatest asset. You can build all the million-dollar buildings you want, but if you don't have anybody to work in them, all you have is a building, he said. Groom's prefaced his comments mentioning teacher vacancies in the county school system and resignation by employees leaving for higher-paying jobs. Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti said after the meeting Tuesday that he was pleased the school board worked hard and presented with us with a balanced budget and that they passed raises for the county and school employees. A large portion of the budget committee meeting also included an informational component in which commissioners asked finance staff many questions regarding the budgeting process, which led to moments of frustration during the meeting. However, Chairman Previtti said the newly elected commissioners were soaking it up like a sponge. Ventura indicated her latest count for needed teachers is around 59 with the new Battle Creek High School, but stressed that it's a moving target, a number that changes daily. Will all those positions be realized, Ventura said? They're budgeted. Murray County has a 2% growth rate that is only set to increase as thousands of new homes are built in Murray County, especially the northern part of the county, which will bring new families and, of course, children. 
New positions being sought in the district include an assistant principal for Battle Creek Middle School in Spring Hill and the start of staffing for the new Battle Creek High School set to open in fall of 2024. County Finance Director Doug Luconin said the new positions are largely the bulk of the roughly $17.5 million increase in the budget's fund balance from last year. On the revenue side, Luconin expressed optimism about the overall financial picture. We're still surpassing our projected numbers on sales tax, which is a good indicator of business, Luconin said. You'll see the bulk of business taxes show up in the last quarter of the year, he said. Representative Scott Sapicki, who is president at the budget committee meeting, has publicly stated that the school district will receive 17 million additional funds following the recent restructuring of the state's funding formula for school districts or the new Tennessee investment in student achievement. Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt weighed in at the end of the night referencing her previous campaign theme of Team Murray, which addressed effective communication between governmental bodies for the betterment of the county. When I look at the teachers, principals here, we need you all to be on the team, Mayor Butt said. If there are problems, come to us. Don't wait until this time to say what you need. We want to help you and see our kids succeed. Everything you're doing is about the kids. Don't look at us like combatants. We're with you and the kids, and anything we can do to make that happen, we want to do. We're going to expect some higher levels in our children's learning, she said. The Columbia Spring Jubilee Horse Show opened last night at Murray County Park. This is the 72nd edition of the Jubilee Horse Show, sponsored by the Murray County Horsemen's Association. The show will have opening ceremonies at 6 p.m. tonight and on Saturday night. The show features classes for pleasure riders, junior riders, amateur riders, as well as professional riders. The Friday night competition will feature the Andy Adkins Memorial Class for Junior Exhibitors. The Saturday night show culminates with the crowning of the Riders' Cup Walking Horse Championship Stake. Horse show organist Brian Peary of Hampshire will provide the show music, and our own judge Bobby Sands will be the show ring announcer. The top tier of exhibitors and horses come to Columbia. Many champions at the celebration consider Columbia a major stepping stone because of the show's importance over the years in showcasing champions of the breed. The show managers for this year's Jubilee are David Sisk and Callaway Dial of Columbia. The Murray County Budget Committee in their May meeting voted 7 to nothing not to consider a $50 million request to construct a new elementary school in Spring Hill. Some commissioners expressed their concern over the high dollar funding and a decrease in growth numbers in Murray County Public Schools overall. According to Eric Perriman, Assistant Superintendent of Operations, a new elementary school is needed in North Columbia to accommodate growth for a slew of new developments under construction, where Columbia meets Spring Hill. Murray County Public Schools Superintendent Lisa Ventura emphasized the district's need to fund its capital projects requests, including the elementary school, new buses, and athletic projects. We have worked on these requests for multiple years. These requests don't come to you willy-nilly. These requests don't come on a whim, Ventura said. We have had a five-year plan in Murray County for multiple years. The fastest-growing elementary school is Battle Creek Elementary, which will need to be rezoned fairly soon, according to Perryman. We looked at population patterns to determine the need for a school in the area of Spring Hill. We monitor a growth map from year to year and a heat map that shows how many children are in each household, Perriman said. The number of developments is growing along Nashville Highway in northern Columbia and Spring Hill, including 700-unit-plus developments like Carter Station, the Drumwright property, new developments along Greens Mill Road, and new apartment complexes. 
Although some of the developments are still under construction, Perriman emphasized that in two or three years, families with children will be living there. Commissioner Gabe Howard said he is concerned about a decrease in the Murray County Public Schools student population as a whole, in contrast with the growth in Spring Hill. A current district growth report shows a reduction of students, or almost a 1-2% to decrease in growth over the past few years. The most alarming thing is our schools are barely growing at all. The district retracted by 0.65% in student population last year, he said. For example, Whitthorn Middle School had 1,400 seats and is now down to 1,000 seats, or a 25% reduction. That's a massive reduction in a school site, Howard said. Commissioner Ray Jeter pointed out that the student populations at private schools are growing across the country, as well as homeschool. Columbia Academy had a 24% growth over three years, for example. It is my recommendation to not approve the $50 million today because I don't think you are ready for it, Howard said. Howard made a motion not to consider the $50 million capital request for an elementary school in Spring Hill, and the other committee members agreed unanimously. Howard also said he prefers to have a maximum price cited for the school instead of fluctuating funding like the Judicial Center under construction that has reached $30 million. We do not have a guaranteed maximum price in the Judicial Center. I want to move away from that, Howard said. On June 6th, the school board will consider a $4 million resolution to purchase more than 25 acres in northern Columbia to build the new elementary school. If the funding is approved, architecture plans and construction bidding for the property could take place as early as next March, with a target opening date of August of 2025. Perriman said the new elementary school in Spring Hill, when designed, will serve as a model or template for all elementary schools in the county, with a capacity of 900, allowing for more seats than elementary schools in the past. If we open a school and it's full in the next five years, that's a failure, Perriman said. He also explained that new school buildings need to be larger with a larger capacity. We went through a not-fun task of closing an elementary school in McDowell, Perriman said. Schools are built for a 50- to 60-year life cycle. Baker Elementary School is aging 63 years. Brown is 57 years old. They look nice and feel nice and smell nice, but underneath the surface, they are not in the best shape, he said. Baker also has a two-inch water line that serves the whole building. We look at how much longer can that school age. When do these buildings age out? Is it fair for children and adults to work in those buildings? We have lots of little schools that hold 300 kids. They have the same administrative staff than the schools that hold 900, he said. The population of Murray County Public Schools is 12,296 students as of May 18th. I understand these decisions are hard. I hope that our spirit of collaboration shows through. I hope you understand we are working hard for children every day. Superintendent Ventura said to the Budget Committee members before leaving the May meeting to attend a high school graduation. Zion Christian Academy Eagles are flying high after back-to-back year wins as their division state championships at a culmination game that followed a couple of rain cancellations before the team could even take the field. By the time the game commenced, the Lady Eagles were poised to compete with coaches and players alike ready to prove they could take the Tennessee State Independent Athletic Association state championship title two years in a row. 
The Lady Eagles racked up an impressive 12 runs in the first inning alone. Isabella Cecil, who plays second base for Zion Christian Academy's Eagles and was selected in her division for Defensive Player of the Year, said she believes that her team can make it a three-peat next year. Given their season play against tougher opponents and a still sturdy roster of five seniors starting next year. I think we can win another, Cecil said. Everyone on the team can hit. Molly Underwood is our best hitter, she said. But Cecil, who was two for three at the plate with two RBI runs and a stolen base, had an 846 batting average herself with an added knack for laying down a sacrifice bunt. Game ended on the mercy roll after the score showed the team's dominance of 15 to nothing after only three innings of play. After Marley McWilliams, Offensive Player of the Year, hit that home run off the first pitch, there was no stopping the energy, Cecil said. It was a really energetic game. We all hit like crazy after that. Christian Colts team was caught off guard, Cecil said, and they're the second-best team in the division. The team's pitcher helped by keeping runners off base. Ashley Coble, who was Pitcher of the Year, sent many CCS players right back to the dugout. It was exciting to be in the state championship game again this year with my teammates, Coble said. I was so pumped when MJ led the game off on the first pitch home run, she said. I knew they would have to have my back, and I needed to do my job and have theirs, she said. Pitching coach for ZCA and father to Ashley, Eric Coble, said the Lady Eagles were fortunate to have such solid pitching. We have two juniors, Ashley Coble and Pearl Davis, already committed to college play at South Alabama and Roan State, respectively, he said. Part of the goal, Coble said, has been to keep a steady rotation and keeping throwing arms healthy throughout the year. Our game plan was to attack the strike zone early and stay away from free bases, Coble said. Ashley did a great job of that. Zion Christian Academy sports programs have come a long way from the days when they first formed a baseball team in the late 1990s, ZCA head coach Russ Adcock said. And softball just feels different, Cecil said, who also plays basketball for ZCA. It feels like a family to me, and we have such a great bond. In his third year as head coach, Adcock said the players at ZCA have been laying a solid foundation for a program that has been building. Adcock said the Lady Eagles kept a momentum that set the tone and energy for the game, largely thanks to what he calls one of the best offensive teams he's seen in years. Another aspect that helped the Lady Eagles be ready for play, Adcock said, was the really tough non-district schedule the team kept during season play. Adcox mentioned Riverdale, Walker Valley, and even some other schools that are still alive in the postseason right now. For ZCA, the TSIAA state championship is where their season ends, but Adcox says this team was building a team that will outlive their careers at Zion. Coaching is like a homecoming for former Columbia Academy and University of Tennessee Knoxville softball superstar Shelby Burchill, who now serves ZCA team as an assistant coach. My job has been so easy, and they're the ones getting better, the former two-time College World Series player said. I saw a lot of girls this year who wanted to prove themselves. With 10 years of instruction and hitting and a coaching start cut short by COVID-19 at Central High School, Adcox is glad that Birchall landed at Zion. She is one of the best hitting instructors in the state, Adcox said. Birchall said their opponents at the championship game were not bad at all, but the Eagles just outplayed them very quickly. It was great to see their hard work pay off, Birchall said. With the coaches and a strong lineup of seniors beginning next year, Adcock said a third championship is definitely a possibility. We have a lot of really great leadership, Adcock said. This is a great group of girls, and we can do it again.
Alzheimer's Tennessee invites you to join them for their second annual walk to support families impacted by Alzheimer's disease or a related dementia. The 2023 Murray County Walk will be held on Saturday, June 3rd at Murray County Park and Senior Center, located at 1016 Murray County Park Drive in Columbia. The festivities begin at 9 a.m. with music from Chris Yao, line dancing, children's activities, and a pet area. Kona Ice and Munch's food trucks will be on site. Dress up your furry friend and enter them in the Best Dressed Most Purple Pet Contest. Register on their website at www.alztennessee.org forward slash Murray Walk. We hope to see you there as we walk to make Alzheimer's a memory. And remember, all funds raised, stay local. The Columbia Central Lions football program is hosting a youth football camp on Saturday, June 10th for kids ages 5 to 12. University of Tennessee football players and a cheerleader will be coming to help all the coaches with the camp. The cost of the camp is $50 and will take place at Eva Gilbert Park located at 120 Cord Drive in Columbia. Registration will take place on the 10th from 9 to 10 a.m. The camp will last from 10 to 12 and will feature skills and agility training. There are 150 spots reserved for football players ages 5 to 12 and 50 spots reserved for cheerleaders ages 5 to 12. From noon to 1, kids will get to have autographs signed by UT players Dane Davis, Squirrel White, and Austin Lewis, as well as cheerleader Willow Martinez. From 1 to 4 will be family fun day with food, a dunk tank, and water slide. For more information, you can visit www.cyaalions.com. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Sandra Peary Pogue, 84, a retired cafeteria manager for Hampshire Unit School for 30 years and a resident of Hampshire, died Monday, May 29th at Westmead Place in Nashville. Funeral services will be conducted on Friday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home with Stephen Kelly officiating. Burial will follow in Worley Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 10 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Mr. Herschel Todd Curry, 59, a self-employed carpenter, craftsman, and a resident of Columbia, died Wednesday, May 31st at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Curry will be conducted on Monday at 6 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. The family will visit with friends on Sunday from 4 to 8 p.m. and Monday from 4 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. 
For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of clouds and sun today with a stray afternoon sh- uh, thunder shower possible. The high will be 88 degrees with winds out of the north-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect mostly clear skies and a low of 59. For your weekend forecast, summer temperatures are setting in with Saturday's high being 92 degrees with sunny skies. Sunday, we will have partly cloudy skies with scattered thunderstorms developing in the afternoon. The high will be 88. Chance of rain on Sunday, 50%. Overnight weekend lows will be in the mid-60s. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. 
Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. During a contentious vote on a measure to raise the federal $31.4 trillion debt ceiling by $4 trillion on Wednesday, more members of Tennessee's U.S. House delegation voted against the bill than voted for it. Five of the eight Republicans in Tennessee's nine-member U.S. House delegation opposed the Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023, which will avoid a default on the national debt and limit federal spending through January of 2025. Voting no on the measure were U.S. Representatives Tim Burchett of Knoxville, Scott Desjardins of South Pittsburgh, Diana Harshbarger of Kingsport, Andy Ogles of Columbia, and John Rose of Cookville. Voting yes on the deal were U.S. Representatives Chuck Fleischman of Ultawa, Representative Mark Green of Clarksville, David Kustoff of Germantown, and Steve Cohen of Memphis. The American people deserve better than another D.C. swamp deal that does very little to address the rapidly growing albatross of our national debt, Representative Ogle said in a statement ahead of the vote. We cannot continue to write blank checks to fund Washington's special interests. House Republicans have a responsibility as the most direct representation of the people to fight back against the left's out-of-control spending and restore fiscal responsibility, he said. The U.S. House passed the measure in a 314 to 117 vote. It now moves to the U.S. Senate, which is expected to take it up before the end of the week. Without an agreement to raise the debt limit signed by President Joe Biden on Monday, June 5th, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has warned that the federal government may default and be unable to pay bills coming due. Finalized by Biden and Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy over the weekend, the deal would end a suspension of debt student loan repayments begun during the COVID-19 pandemic, claw back $28 billion in unspent federal pandemic relief funds, impose new stricter work requirements for certain recipients of food stamps, and rescind $21 billion of the IRS's $80 billion budget while still funding thousands of new IRS agents. Despite victories touted by McCarthy, only three Tennessee Republicans supported the compromise. Representative Fleischman called the bill a good deal for the American people that will be critical to restoring fiscal sanity in D.C., touting $2 trillion in federal spending cuts and new work requirements for federal welfare programs. Representative Green agreed that the bill puts constraints on the Biden agenda. Despite barely holding a majority in the House, having enough Democrats in the Senate to pass a clean ceiling debt, and having Democrat control of the White House, Republicans in the House got the president to negotiate even after he said he wouldn't, Green said. A handful of Democrats, including U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, also have voiced opposition to the bill, saying the president could unilaterally raise the debt ceiling by invoking the 14th Amendment, which mandates that all federal government's financial obligations be met. Tennessee Republicans opposed the deal for a vastly different reason. I am voting no on passing down trillions more in debt to our children and grandchildren while giving Democrats a blank check to pay for their radical agenda, including the weaponization of federal agencies, Representative Harshbarger wrote on Twitter ahead of the vote. 
It's time to get our fiscal house in order and rein in wasteful spending, she said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. June is a concert-goer's dream in Middle Tennessee. If country music is your deal, then you can see Tanya Tucker play June 3rd and 4th at the Ryman Auditorium. Marty Stewart will be playing the Ryman on June 7th, and Walker Hayes will be in town on June 23rd at Ascend Amphitheater. That doesn't even include the giant lineup at CMA Fest from June 8th to the 11th. The stadium-sized country music Hootenanny returns to Nashville for its 50th year. A who's who of radio hitmakers topped the bill, including Nissan Stadium performances by Eric Church, Miranda Lambert, Luke Combs, Tim McGraw, Carly Pierce, Dan and Shay, and more. You can get more information and find out about tickets by visiting www.cmafest.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM-WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great weekend.